as part of the sermon series that we do on the miracles of Elijah, we talked about Elijah parting River Jordan. We said three things in the journey that Elijah made towards crossing the River Jordan. And we said River Jordan in your life or in my life, River Jordan represents three things. Number one, it is a place of transition. Some of us are transitioning in our lives. And there is no doubt that you are standing in front of your river Jordan. And God is about to take you into something else. And that's where God wants you to go. That's where God wants you to do. All, all the time it may not be just physically going there. But you know it's getting ready to do something. Getting ready towards something. Secondly we said Jordan refers to a boundary or a crossing point. You know, there are many boundaries in our lives where we are confined within and we struggle to come out of those boundaries. Man-made boundaries. We ourselves made those boundaries and we struggle to come out of it. And God wants us to come out of, cross those boundaries. And thirdly, we said Jordan represents freedom from oppression, breakthrough, and deliverance which we need in our lives. Today, we are concluding the sermon series on the miracles of Elijah with a final sermon from 2 Kings chapter 2. If you have your Bibles with you or cell phone, you can turn to 2 Kings chapter 2. We'll also get this scripture on the screen, verses 9 through 14. 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 9, And so it was, when they had crossed over, that Elijah said to Elijah, Ask, what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? Elisha said, Please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 10. So he said, You have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Verse 11. Then it happened as they continued on and talked that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. Verse 12. Let's continue reading. And Elijah saw it and he cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. So he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and tore them into two pieces. He also took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of the river Jordan. Then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had struck the water, it was divided this way and that. And Elijah crossed over. Can you say Elijah, Elijah crossed over? This was the final miracle that took place in the life or through the life of Elijah. A miracle of not seeing death. A miracle of getting caught up into the heavens. Who doesn't want such a miracle to take place in our lives? If there is an option given, you want to be buried, or you want to be cremated, or you want to be taken up. Which one do you prefer? <laughs> taken up, right? There's no doubt about it. We just want to just take off like a supersonic jet. It doesn't really need much of a runway. It can just take off from wherever it is. 
Elijah took off, you know, the same way a supersonic jet would take off. Who came? Horses of fire and chariot of fire. So this morning, I titled my sermon as Elijah Taken into Heaven. Can you say that with me? Elijah Taken into Heaven. So as I read the scriptures from 2 Kings chapter 2, I see four different sections of the scriptures from the scripture portion that we read. If you can could get the next slide, please. Number one, we see the opportunity. Opportunity to receive anything that he wants. And I just said, you asked me whatever you wanted. And secondly, we see a condition. If you want to receive something, there is a condition. So to receive what we want, always there is a condition. Thirdly, we see that moment coming where Elijah is going to be caught up into the heaven. You know, that moment is very critical in some of our lives. I've been with my mom as she was just taking her last breath. That moment was so critical. So here we see a very critical moment in the life of Elijah, in the life of Elijah as Elijah was taken up. And then finally we see the impact that Elijah's took off, Elijah's departure made in the life of Elijah, the impact of that separation. This morning I just want to spend some time talking about these things and along the same line. Second Kings chapter 2 verse 9, shall we read the scripture again? And so it was when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elijah, ask what may I do for you? Before I am taken away from you. And can you read that with me? Can you read that with me together? Elisha said, Please let her read with me in the screen. Please let her. It's not in the screen. Second Kings chapter 2, verse 9. Okay, say that with me. Please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. Okay, so that's the requirement. That's what was asked. So this morning we are going to talk about the opportunity of receiving anything. Elijah opened a great opportunity for Elijah, asking him anything he wants. Elijah could have asked many things. Elijah could have asked for wealth. If you are there, I am there, I would have asked, Lord, give me one million dollars. Lord, give me a good house. Oh, you don't ask? You're so spiritual. You don't ask for such things, right? No? Yes? Okay. At least one honest person in the crowd. <laughs> okay, so you don't ask many things. Lord, change my, I don't like this job, Lord. Give me a better job. I don't like this husband, Lord. Give me a... Okay. So Elijah, Elijah did not ask any such things before Elijah started following Elijah. He was a political activist and he was a revolutionary. You know what that means? Always trying to do something against the government, the leadership under, uh, under whom we are, uh, they have authority. They have authority over people. And in fact, you know, Bible says he recruited somebody by name Jehu to revolt against King Ahab so that, you know, he can take more power over the kingdom. Elisha could have asked for the whole kingdom to Elijah. Anyway, I walked with Elijah for so many years. Now that Elijah is going away, why don't I ask for 
the entire kingdom he could have asked before Elijah started following Elijah you remember where Elijah found him? he was plowing his field and he was plowing his field with how many yokes of oxen Wow how many yokes of oxen anybody now I understand why we don't have Bible study at the church 12 can you say 12 12 yoke of oxen you know 12 yoke of oxen simply shows the wealth of a man you can see 12 yoke of oxen going forward and Elijah plowing at the field right it's much efficient than the biggest tractor we may see which plows the land today Elijah could have asked for Lord I need a huge farm I want to make that as my agriculture business but Elijah did not ask you know what he asked Elijah instead Elisha asked the double portion of Elijah's anointing can you say that with me the double portion of Elijah's anointing the straight question that comes in my mind is what is our desire today what is our desire today do we consider spiritual things above the material things I'm asking you this morning I'm asking you straight away do you consider do you consider the spiritual things above the material things Elisha was not asking for anything else he was asking for Lord I need the double portion of the anointing of God I want to know more about you oh God what is our desire today Elijah said in the next verse we don't go there right now you have asked for a hard thing you have asked for a hard thing it was not hard to give that's that it doesn't mean that it was not hard to give but it is hard to keep can you say keep Elijah Elijah asked for the double portion of the anointing of Elijah probably Elijah thought he's asking without knowing what it takes he's asking this without knowing what it takes to have an anointing have a call of God in the life of Elijah he doesn't know what he's asking for it is hard to keep that anointing you know this morning God is telling you it is hard to keep the call of God in your life it is called how it is very hard to keep the call of God in my life in all of our lives our salvation is easy to receive but it is hard to keep this morning I asked you a question do you keep your salvation are you saved do you keep your salvation today our anointing is easy to receive but it is hard to keep because you don't know even when the Spirit of God departs you may still speaking in tongues but the Spirit of God is not there in you it's very hard to keep the anointing the gifts and the talents that we receive from God because we don't earn anything it's all given it's all given it's are you with me this morning it's easy to receive but it is very difficult to keep Elijah was telling you asked a hard thing Elijah asked for something spiritual something supernatural and something eternal we often repeat these words can you say spiritual supernatural eternal this morning I pray God you would make that these three Lord as our desire let these three be our desire spiritual supernatural and eternal can I hear an amen this morning second Kings chapter 2 verse 10 so he said 
you have asked a hard thing nevertheless if you see me when I am taken from you it shall be so for you but if not it shall not be so we talk about a condition to receive there was an option to receive Elisha picked the right option but now there is a condition to receive what is the condition when I am taken up into the heaven you must see me every blessing from God comes with a condition and many times we are we don't we are not faithful to those conditions with which with which God has given that blessing to our lives here the condition is Elijah must see Elijah when he is taken up you know this is hard that means Elisha cannot sleep he has to be awake day and night and he has to follow wherever Elijah goes because any moment Elijah could have been taken up into the heaven if he missed to see that he's not going to get the blessing he's not going to get the double portion of the anointing so if you see me he says as the scripture says if you see me when I am taken from you it shall be so for you and if not it shall not be so you know being awake when I read this scripture portion that's what comes in my mind being awake watching and waiting because Elisha doesn't know when Elijah is going to be taken up this reminds me the parable that Jesus spoke of the five wise women five wise virgin and five foolish virgin do you remember this story five wise women virgin and five foolish virgin Jesus spoke in Matthew chapter 25 was one five virgins they had extra oil they were carrying extra oil but five foolish virgin they were not having that extra oil they had no extra oil to carry with them it's important to burn it's important to allow your 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 salvation your anointing to continue to burn it is easy to quench that anointing it is easy to quench the what the precious thing that you receive from God it is easy to quench but God wants you to continue to keep that burning inside of you how many of us lost that burning desire inside of us when we came from our nation we had we came with a zeal we came with a desire of doing something for God but where is your desire today you know this message may be tough for you please forgive me but then I need to say what God wants me to say where is the desire in our lives today what do we do for God do we do something to keep that burning inside of us Matthew 25 13 shall we read that Jesus said watch therefore Elisha was asked to watch therefore for you know neither the day nor the hour in which son of man is coming who is coming who is son of man <laughs> Jesus <clears throat> the world has forgotten that Jesus is coming back church has forgotten that Jesus is coming back there is no preaching today on coming back of Jesus we need to be awake to be found in the coming of the Lord because Bible says it is going to happen in a blink of an eye Elijah is going to be taken up into the heaven in the blink of an eye if Elijah missed to see Elisha is not going to get the anointing Bible says 
It's going to happen in a blink of an eye. First, this morning I want you to believe. I will give all the scriptures that so that you may believe this morning that Jesus is coming back. First Corinthians chapter 15. Can you read that with me together? First Corinthians chapter 15, 51 to 52. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not as not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed you know the Lord God is going to come, in, come back to this world and it's all going to happen in a blink of an eye if you forget God if you do not know that you are following God there are more chances that we may be missed out when he comes Peter writes that day is going to come upon you like a thief How many houses thief will send a text message before coming? I am coming today at 12.30 in the early morning and just be ready. Do you get text messages like that? Now if you get that, it's going to be a fake message, right? It may not be. Thief doesn't tell you when he's going to come. Second Peter 3.10. Can you read that together? Second Peter 3.10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with the fervent heat both the earth and the works that are in it will be burnt up how much we struggle today to build something that's eventually going to be burned up i mean i'm, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong in doing things there's nothing wrong in building houses it's not nothing wrong i'm not talking about that i want you to follow me it's all good. We need to do. We need to have houses. We need to have good living. There's no doubt about it. But Peter says the day of the Lord is going to come upon you like a thief. We don't know when it's going to happen. Elijah, Elijah cannot get what he wanted if he doesn't see Elijah being caught up. You know, today there is a teaching in the church. I want to just, you know, give some more clarity in that area. Today there is a teaching in the church that says you need to be Christian. You need to come to church. You need to give your tithes and offerings regularly. It's all good. That's all you need to go to heaven. You just need to be Christian to go to heaven. But that's not biblical. And it says you can live the way you want, but go to a spirit-filled worship service. Then you can go to heaven. Elijah teaches Elijah to be consistent, to be permanent, following God, in following God, in seeking God. You know, not everybody, there is a condition. I want you to know, I want me to know this morning. That's why <clears throat> we need church. That's why we need hard teachings, not feel-good teachings. It's good once in a while. But we can't do that every time. We need hard teachings. We need sermons, good sermons, not motivating sermons. There are motivational sermons, they are all good. Are you with me this morning? I want you to listen to me. I don't want you to meditate now. I want you to listen to me. This is very important. We don't need motivating sermons, but we need hard teachings. Are you with me? We need hard teachings just because we want to go to heaven ultimately. Luke chapter 17, verses 34 to 36. Can we read that? Jesus told, I tell you, this, that's what Jesus is telling, I tell you, in that night there will be 
two men in one bed. The one will be taken and the other will be left. <clears throat> two women will be grinding together. The one will be taken and the other will be left. Are you with me? Verse 36. Two men will be in the field. The one will be taken and the other left. What percentage? 50-50 percentage. 50 is what Jesus spoke. There are chances that 50 percentage may go to heaven. Not everybody. Listen to me again. And Jesus again narrowing it down further down. He's saying only few. Matthew chapter 7 verses 13 to 14. Can you read that with me? Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Many are willing to go by the wider gate. Verse 14. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. How many? Not even 50 percentage. There are only few can be founded. You know, this morning, that's my desire. That's your desire. You want to be found in that few. Can I hear an amen from you? Second Kings chapter 2 verse 11. Then it happened as they continued and talked <clears throat> that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. We talked about the opportunity. We talked about the condition. Now we are talking about the moment. The moment of separation. Can you say separation? There is a moment of separation in every one of our lives. In every one of our life. There is a moment of separation. Life doesn't bring us together. Life separates. Life doesn't bring us together. But life separates. You may, you may wonder why do I say that. <clears throat> First, life separates us from the womb of our mother the moment we are born. There is a separation. Secondly, life separates us <clears throat> from our parents due to work or due to study or due to maybe marriage or life settlement. I remember because of the study situation, I had to be separated from my parents at the age of five and a half. Life doesn't bring us together. Life separates us thoroughly. It separates us from the darkness and bring us, brings us into the light. We see again a separation. Fourthly, life separates us from this earth and from the rest of our families when we die. Separation. Finally, it separates us eternally, either from the light or from the darkness, depending on where we go. So life doesn't unite us, but life separates us. Elijah was getting ready to lose Elijah. Elijah was getting ready to lose Elijah for that moment of separation. Elijah was prepared for the day because he knew very well that he's going to be taken up into the heavens. Are we prepared? Are we prepared for the day? By no means I want to put you down. I want to, you know, discourage you. But if you think about the situation that what people are going through in the world, millions of people we lost from the face of this world during the last two years. 
The question is, are we ready for that separation? We need to remember, today we behold, we keep, we are very close to the heart of people, we are very close to our mothers and fathers, our children, our spouse, but do you know that they are going to leave one day? The moment of separation is inevitable because life separates. Often we need to be remembered, reminded that we are not here on this earth permanently. I want a scripture, read a scripture right now from Hebrews chapter 13, verse 14. Reading it from NLT, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 14. For this world is not our permanent home. Can you read with me? We are looking forward to a home yet to come. So this world is not a permanent home. We are looking forward a home which is yet to come. Let's make our hold on this earth easy. Can you say easy? Let's hold, make our hold on this earth easy. Second Kings chapter 2 verses 12 to 14. Finally. And Elijah saw it. Finally, thank God, he saw Elijah being taken up into the heaven. Elijah saw it. And he cried out, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. So he saw him no more, means Elijah departed. And he took hold of his own clothes and tore them into two pieces. He also took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of River Jordan. Then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water and said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also struck the water, it was divided this way and that, and Elijah, Elijah crossed over. Finally, we see the impact of the separation. Can you say impact? Elijah's separation made a great impact on the life of Elijah. Suddenly, Elijah cried for the loss, and how he cried was told, my father, can you read with me? My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. For a moment, Elisha felt that the, the protection is lost. You know, sometime in our lives, we may be so depending on our mom or mom, our dad, or our spouse, so depending on, so attached. The moment we lose them from the face of this earth, we feel that all the protection is lost. Some of us would have experienced that in the very early age of our life, losing that protection. Elisha felt he just lost the protection of Elijah. In this world, we feel that we all experience that. We at times mourn over the lives of our dear ones, those who are not with us anymore. At times we mourn for years after year, we think about her, we think about him, and we go through those, those emotions. I know as I speak, you are thinking about those loved ones that you lost in your life. Elisha's huge loss happened at that moment. It made a huge impact that he had to tore his cloth and cry to God. He didn't know what he was doing. But at the same time, I want you to pay your attention right now. 
His eyes were not on Elijah anymore. His eyes were not on Elijah anymore. Not on the one who was taken up into the heaven. Verse 13 says, he also took up the mantle of Elijah. Can you say mantle of Elijah? He just left Elijah. Come on, bye-bye, go ahead. But he went, even though he tore his clothes, he mourned, everything is good, it's all part of life. But he knew very well, life is not going to unite us together, life is going to separate us. And he never looked at Elijah anymore. He did not frame a picture of Elijah and put it in his house and look at that picture and cry every day. Elijah did not do that. He did not keep a picture of Elijah and put it in the Bible and open the Bible and see every day. No. Once they are gone, they are neither God nor human. They are all waiting there for the day of judgment. Bible doesn't encourage you to take a picture, put a picture, and remember them. You don't see anybody doing it in the word of God. We remember only one who died and who rose again from the dead. Who is that? Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Elijah just said, forgot Elisha, forgot Elijah. But he went and took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him. If you can put the next slide. Can you read that together? Value people, can you read with me? Value people, but don't hold on to them. They will leave. Hold on to what is spiritual, what is supernatural, and what is eternal. Learn to leave what is temporal. That's the spiritual Christian life. But you need to value people, but do not hold on to them. They are going to leave you one day. Either they are not no more living in your house, or they are not living in your city, or they are living somewhere they are not in touch with you, or they are already gone from the face of this earth. Do not hold on to people. They are going to leave. They are not eternal. Only God is eternal. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't enjoy the worldly blessings. That doesn't mean that we should enjoy the relationships. That doesn't mean that we should enjoy the love and the affection and the friendship that we can provide for one another. We should do all these things that are important, but do not hold on to those things. It's not worth it. It's not worth Value them, respect them, help them, and hold on to God. I pray this morning that God may speak to us, but don't set your heart on those. Not even our own people. Do not set your heart on your children too much. Do not set your heart on your spouse too much. Everything is going to be taken out of your life one day. The more we learn to let things go, the more God can bless you. The more you learn to let things go, the more God can use you. Sometimes we hold on to grudges. Sometimes we hold on to bitterness. Sometimes we hold on to the loss of our dear ones. Sometimes we worry, we are afraid sometimes, and sometimes we are even concerned and anxious about our future. God is asking you to let things go this morning. It is time Elijah had to leave. It is time those kind of things that are holding on to your heart must leave. The loss may give, you, give us grief. The loss may give us sorrow, but you cannot hold on to that. You need to leave, and you need to start picking up your mantle. Do you know that there is a mantle that's falling when people leave from the face of this earth? Mantle represents responsibility. 
Sometimes we lose our parents, our spouse. A mantle of responsibility is falling on our lives. A mantle of authority is falling on us. A mantle of anointing is falling on us. A mantle of call of God is falling on us. Are we careful to grab those things in your life? Are we careful to catch those things in our lives? We have something to do now. Forget the past. Do not worry about the future. Be warned to pick up the mantle, the responsibility God has given to us right now. Elisha went back to River Jordan with his mandal and he struck the water. Verse 14, can you read that? What he did? We're talking about the impact that made on the life of Elisha. And said, where is the God, Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had struck the water, it was divided this way and that. And Elisha crossed over. If you can put the next slide, please. As long as you hold on to something that God wants you to let go, you can't pick up the mantle that you need to divide the obstacles that are in front of you. Can you read that again? Try to understand this morning as God speaks to us. As long as you hold on to something that God wants you to let go. I don't know what it means to you. I don't know what you are holding on to this morning. As long as you hold on to those some things that God wants you to let go. God cannot divide the Jordan that is in front of you. Or you cannot, God cannot use you to divide the Jordan. Divide those things that are standing in front of you as a barrier. It's not going to divide. God wants you to let go of those things. This morning, shall we all arise this morning and say some and close?